you for joining Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. We are delighted to have you join us, those of you joining us by television, or those of you joining us at airjesus.com. We're certainly delighted to have you tuned in, and I want you to stay tuned to today's message, something that will help you to understand why certain things happen in your life. And at the same time, I want you to understand uh, what it is that God really wants you to become in life. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Let's read verse 29 together in unison. Ready? Read. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let's read that again since it's just one verse. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And I just want to use as a subject today, Conformed to his image. Conformed to his image. Notice it says, for whom he did foreknow. How many of you know that God knew you long before you got here? God knew you long before the earth was even planned. God already uh, had you in mind. God had already mapped out your life. He already foreknew you. He already had a plan and a destiny for you. And I like that um, verse 29, it goes on to say, He predestinated you. Here's, here's, here's a big part of your destiny. Here's a big part of your destiny. A lot of people wonder, what is my destiny? What is it I'm supposed to do? I know I'm born for something. Well, here's a big part of it right here. Turn your neighbor and say, here's a big part right here. <laughs> this is part, the Bible says you were predestinated for this. God foreknew you, he predestinated you for this. For you to be conformed to the image of his son. God wanted you to become like Jesus. He knew you long before you got here and he predestinated that you would become like his son, Jesus. That you would be conformed to his image. That you would be conformed to his image. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, God says Jesus is not going to be my only son. He's just going to be the first one. He's going to be the example. He's going to set the path. He's going to show the way. And there are going to be many others that's going to follow. And they're going to be just like him. I want you to see what God set up here. He sent his son just to lead the way. But he had already predestinated you to be like Jesus. He had already predestinated you to be conformed to his image. Folks... The Holy Spirit said to me, he said, it's time for you all to start living like Jesus. It's time for you to start living like Jesus. I like that. It's time. In other words, 
we haven't really been living like Jesus. We just been we've been struggling, just barely getting along, scraping the bottom of the barrel, moaning and groaning, just trying to pull ourselves up and just trying to make it every day. That doesn't sound much like living like Jesus, if you ask me. He said he he foreknew you and predestinated you. Part of your destiny is that you will be conformed to the image of Christ. He wants us to live like Christ. He wants us to be just like Jesus. Let me give you some other uh, translations. One says, to be made like his son. Another says, to share the likeness of his son. Another says, to be molded into the image of his son. So God wasn't just trying to have one son like Jesus. God was setting this thing up where all of us would be like Jesus, that he would have many sons and daughters in the image of Christ. Jesus himself said this. He said, if a corn of wheat, unless a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it's only one. Jesus was he's speaking of himself. He's saying, if I don't die, if I don't die so that I could give life to you all, it's only one of me. But he said, if a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, then that seed reproduces itself, it multiplies itself, and now there, there's a whole harvest of wheat. And so Jesus said, I had to die so that I could reproduce myself into you. And so now Jesus is saying, instead of it just being one of me in the earth, now the, the, the earth is full. It's supposed to be full of men and women that look just like I do. Conformed in his image. It's time, turn your neighbor, it's time to live like Jesus. It's time to live like Jesus. I, 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 felt, I felt the Holy Spirit just rising up in me and to say, well, it's time for you to, it's time for you all to, in other words, I live in you. Jesus is in you right now. I live in you and he said, I want to come out. I want to come out. I'm in you, but I'm dormant. I want to express myself through you. I want to live through your life. I want to come alive in you. Jesus wants to live big in us. That when we walk, He walks. When we talk, He talks. This is why the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Because when we, if we're living like Jesus, when we lay hands on the sick, He's in there laying hands on the sick. He's in there. He wants to come out. He wants us to be conformed. Into his image, looking just like Jesus. And that's part of your destiny. You're not finishing this earth until you're looking like Jesus. So don't worry about dying because I'm sure you got a long way to go. <laughs> I just extended your lifespan. You can't go. You can't die yet. You can't die yet. You're, you're predestinated to be conformed until it, into his image. That's part of your destiny. That's part of your destiny to be conformed. We were created to, to become like Christ. We were created to become like him. My mother and I, we were in the bank not too long ago together. 
And this young lady who came over to wait on us, uh, she was the spitting, a splitting image of another woman who we knew, and she looked so much like her, we thought that was her. And, my, and you know, my mother and I, we both got excited because we said, we're going to get some good service now because look who that is right there. And we were waiting, the, the lady walked over to us, and we were like, we were waiting on her to, her to speak to us and acknowledge us, and she never did. We found out that wasn't the lady. <laughs> but she looked so much like her, we couldn't tell. She walked like her. She talked like her. Her hair was fixed like her. She, wore, she was the same size. And we couldn't believe it. Well, this is the way we are to be in the earth. We're to be just like Jesus, where you can't even tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. You can't even tell the difference. The Bible says put on the whole armor of God. Well, he wants you to put on, put on his armor. That, and that way, when you're walking down the street, as long as you keep the faceplate down on that armor, the devil can't tell who's in there. It's God's armor. He said put on the whole armor of God. So you got on God's suit. The devil can't tell who's in there. That may be God in there, all he's concerned. He don't want to run up on that. <laughs> and, that's, and so we're to be conformed. We're to be living like Jesus. And I begin to really see this. Um, Jesus didn't just come live a great life and go to heaven and that be the end of it. No, he, he just came to give an example. Everything he did, he did it as a man. He didn't do it as God. He lived here as a man. God became man so that men might become sons of God. He came to our level to take us up to his level. And so he showed us, he showed us how to live. He just came and he showed us how to live. And our charge is, our charge is to live like him. To be conformed to his image. Conformed to his image. Gandhi said, if the world, Gandhi said that the world sees the Christians of Christ and they reject him. But if they could see the Christ of Christians, they would accept him. And so even Gandhi realized that Christians weren't living like Jesus. He, Gandhi wasn't even a Christian, but he had enough Christendom to know <laughs> that Christians weren't living like Jesus. <laughs> and I, I hate to say it, but we, we're, we're supposed to be representing the king. We represent, we represent the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth. And I, I hate to say it, but sometimes we're very poor ambassadors. We're very, we're very poor representatives because we aren't living like Jesus. We're living in just as much hell as the world's living in, if not worse or more so. And we're not living like Jesus. Same stuff going on in the world is going on in the church. We're living more like the devil than we are like Jesus. But here this says uh, we're to be conformed to his image. Jesus makes his appeal to the world through you. He makes his appeal to the world through you. He wants to live in us and through us. God's plan from the very beginning was that we might be in his image. Remember back in Genesis he said, um, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. 
God's original design was for man to be just like him, to look just like him, to act just like him, and to live just like him. And because of sin, sin interfered with that image, but Jesus came to restore that image. And so now we're to be conformed to the image of Christ. And Jesus came to, to restore us to the image of God. Well, what does the full image of God look like? What does the full image of God look like? I'll tell you exactly what it looks like. It looks just like Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the express image of his person. Hebrews 1.3. Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Philip came to Jesus and he said, show us the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Now notice how Jesus was the express image of God. And this is why we're to be the express image of Jesus. Jesus is restoring us back into the image of God in which we were originally created before sin came in and messed up the picture. So you've been predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. I read something um, very interesting. This is from uh, Max Lucado. He has a book that's entitled A Heart Like Jesus. And I, I remembered reading this, and so I went back and looked it up. I still had his book in my library, and I went back to, to just read it. I want to read this excerpt from his book. And he says, what if for one day Jesus were to become you? What if for 24 hours Jesus wakes up in your bed, walks in your shoes, lives in your house, assumes your schedule? Your boss becomes his boss. Your mother becomes his mother. Your pains become his pains. With one exception, nothing about your life changes. Your health doesn't change. Your circumstances don't change. Your schedule isn't altered. Your problems aren't solved. Only one change occurs. What if for one day and one night, Jesus lives your life with his heart? Your heart gets the day off and your life is led by the heart of Christ. His priorities govern your actions. His passions drive your decisions. His love directs your behavior. What would you be like? Would people notice a change? Your family, would they see something new? Your co-workers, would they sense a difference? What about the less fortunate? Would you treat them the same? And your friends, would they detect more joy? How about your enemies? Would they receive more mercy from Christ's heart than from yours? And you, how would you feel? What alterations would this transplant have on your stress level, your mood swings, your temper? Would you sleep better? Would you see sunsets differently, death differently, taxes differently? Any chance you need fewer aspirin or sedatives? How about your reaction to traffic delays? Would you still dread what you are dreading? Better yet, would you still do what you are doing? Would you still do what you had planned for the next 24 hours? Pause and think about your schedule, obligations, engagements, outings, appointments. With Jesus taking over your heart, would anything change? This is exactly what God wills for us, to be led 
by the heart of Jesus, filtering every situation and every event through the heart of Jesus. Wouldn't that give you something to think about? Think how different your, your life would be if, if every action, every word, every thought was filtered through the heart of Jesus. Turn over, turn over to the book of, uh, book of Galatians chapter 4. Book of Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. <clears throat> when you get there, say amen. It says this, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Now he's talking to Christians. He's talking to people who are already born again. And he says, my little children, I'm travailing in birth like a mother with birth pains. Till Christ truly be formed in you. In other words, he said, I'm, I'm waiting like a, 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 a mother with having contractions till the day you really start living like Jesus. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm travailing in birth like a mother in birth. And he's talking about a, uh, a change in character. A change. He's talking about a change um, being conformed to the character of Christ where you're, where you're conformed on the inside and the outside. He said, I'm, I'm just revealing in birth till you form, till Christ is formed. They were already born again, but he was saying, until you've truly been transformed, till you're living like Jesus. So he's transformed your thoughts and your words and your actions and your attitude and, and you're living your life as if you had the heart of Christ controlling uh, everything, filtering every situation and everything that goes on in your life. Flip over. Let's look at uh, another scripture over in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's look at verse 18. When you get there, say amen. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass or a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed. Notice this. Are changed. Into the same image, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, what he's saying, as we look continually at the character of Christ in God's Word, we keep looking at it, keep hearing about it, keep looking at it, keep hearing about it. It says the Holy Spirit will begin to change us into that same image. So the more you keep hearing it and seeing it and reading it and hearing it and seeing the character of Christ coming out of God's word, you keep doing it. And he said the Holy Spirit is at work. And he's what he's doing, he's changing us into that same image. And we become a reflection of what we're looking at. So you become, a, you, it's like you're looking in the mirror and you see a different person in the mirror, but if you keep looking long enough, you eventually see yourself looking at like that same person you're looking at, and you're giving off this same image. You become a mirror yourself. And now other people look at you and they see the image of Christ. You become an image to God's glory. So notice he said the Holy Spirit does a work in us. The Holy Spirit is constantly in you, and he is nudging you 
to become more like Christ. He's always there in every situation, circumstances. Sometimes we ignore him, push him to the side, and sometimes our ears are too deaf to hear him. We're not sensitive enough to even realize his prompting. But he's there, and he's always prompting us to become more like Christ in every situation. When the Virgin Mary was pregnant, it was the Holy Spirit that moved on her and formed Christ in her. Well, it's the same Holy Spirit that moves on us, and he forms Christ in us until we're, notice, till we're changed. We're changed from glory to glory until we come into that same image, until Christ is reflected in our very image. The image we give off is the image of Christ. Colossians 1.27, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I recall reading a, 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 mountains wing, a mountain wings issue several weeks ago, and it was entitled Close Call. And it was about a woman who sold patio homes, and she had a client that she was um, attending to that was interested, and it was a very difficult client because the client was an older lady who brought her grandkids, and they just ran all through the place, you know, almost just about to bring the place to Shemelin. And the, the woman who worked there, she said she was just gritting her teeth because she couldn't, hard, you know, she was just about to tell that lady and her kids to get out. <laughs> and uh, she said she worked with this lady, and her patients just had worn out. And uh, finally, the lady had decided not to buy, and she was through with the lady anyway. And she said, thank God. She said, she said that's the best sale I never got. <laughs> anyway, to make a long story short, a few weeks later, the, the lady who was a sales lady, she was at her church, at a meeting at her church. And this old lady walks into the meeting as a, as a visitor. And the lady said, oh my God, that's the lady that I had such short patience with. And I just gritted and bit my tongue and I just couldn't stand. And she was like, what is she going to think now that she sees me here in church? <laughs> and the lady made her way over to her. And she said, I know I'm in the right place. She said, because I'm a very difficult lady and I gave you a hard time and you were so patient and kind with me. And I see now why you had such a persona that you had. But this woman, after having that encounter, she told her husband on the way home, she said that was a close call. She said that was a close call. She said that could have gone either way. Because even though I held my patience on the outside, the lady don't know that I was churning on the inside. And she said, I could have misrepresented my Christian character and the character of Christ Jesus. I almost missed it. And that did something to her. And she, she wrote that in and sent that in to Mountain Wings, a close call to warn Christians, the people of God everywhere, that we're always on call. We're always on duty. You never know the life that you are affecting and touching by maintaining the character of Christ in every situation. You never know. You never know who's observing your life and who will be touched by your life. By the way, you treat people in different circumstances that arise in your life. And so she entitled it, 
a close call. She said, I almost missed it. I almost missed it. And that's a part. That's just a part. And we'll get into it more next week. But that's just a part of living like Jesus. How many of you want to live more like Jesus? You want to live more like Jesus. I want to live more like Jesus. I want to live more like Jesus. I felt the frustration one day. And I said, why don't we just let Jesus come out and just live through us? Just walk through us. Just, it's not hard. He's already in here. All we got to do is let him express himself. Jesus, take control of my life. Take control of my words. Take control of my thoughts. Take control of my attitude and my actions. I want to shine your light wherever I go, whoever I'm talking to, whatever I'm doing. I want to always be shining the light of Jesus because if you always shining the light of Jesus, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to go lay hands on the sick in that same light that you're walking in. When you're shining the character of Christ, the power of Christ will also shine. And so it's so important. Maybe that's why we're not having the miracles in the church because we aren't living like Jesus. And if you're not living like Jesus, you aren't going to do the miracles Jesus did. I believe if we start living like Jesus, we start manifesting the character of Christ in our everyday lives. I believe we'll begin to see the power of Jesus showing up in our situation because Jesus will be living big in us. He'll be living big in us. He'll be living big in us. Praise God. I'm excited about living like Jesus. I want to live like Jesus. I just want to live. I want to live like Jesus. Jesus wasn't stressed out. Never once you saw Jesus. He wasn't stressed out. He wasn't worried. Jesus, I mean, Jesus was in control. He lived in control. He knew who he was. He knew whose image. He was the express image of God Almighty. He was the image of the invisible God. And the Bible says we are conformed into his image. That's a tall order, isn't it? But it's not as tall as you think. He's already in here. All you got to do is let his life come out. Just let his life come out and begin to live. Live like Jesus, with a heart like Jesus. Let his heart filter your every word, action, thought, living like Jesus. We are out of time. Those of you watching my television, I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, message number 7310, conformed to his image. You can also email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. But thank you so much for joining us here at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. This ends message number 7310 by C. Elijah Bronner. To hear other messages or to send this message number 7310 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 7310. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.